I'm Sydney. I'm Ashley. And you're about to listen to some rough shit. Some really sad, stupid shit. But if you love tea... We're about to serve you some tea, girl. Girl, you better pull up a chair. You better get cozy. Because we're serving you the piping hot tea about the end of our very long-term relationship. (laughs) (laughs) And how devastated we are. We are so sad. Wow! I've never been sadder in my life. (laughs) We're all having a great time. It's going to be fine. We're going to get through it together. Well, me and Ashley are. beverage, um, cheers to you, my friend. Um, And if you've ever been broken up with or have had to break up a long-term relationship, get ready to relive that. (laughs) Just relive it. This show is going to be about us talking to each other about our ill-timed breakups and about how we are working through those issues yeah. and growing from them and hopefully. how, and how hopefully, and how we've been there for each other and how the women in our lives have been there and how we're just dealing. Maybe you'll relate. It's about how to deal. How and to deal. I hope that it teaches you how to deal too. I want to talk about one more thing, which is, I want to talk about what, like, just like how we're feeling about us. Because like, we're having fun. You've had an emotional day though. I've had an emotional day, but I want to know in general, like you've, you're hooking up, Mm -hmm. you're meeting people, you're living your day to day life. I think when I think about him so two updates have happened. Mm-hmm. One, a couple months ago, I found out that he was reaching out to like my good friends on Snapchat and like hitting them up to flirt. And this was at a time where I thought that he was trying to like better himself so that we could eventually be together. And when I found this out, I called him out and it was very dramatic. And he said that he had like the past couple months have been quote unquote very difficult and he had slipped up sometimes, but he hoped May would be better. And that was just like the final nail in the coffin yeah it was like you have complete control over every action that you take like you hope may is going to be better like what a weak ass thing to say so i was just done and i was like i'm done with this and there like any hope that i had for you or for us like is totally out the window and like i don't want to speak to you you reached a real point of doneness yeah i like felt my tarot card reader references the archangel michael a lot um who do you see um, her name's Mickey. She oh. doesn't live here anymore, okay. but she's amazing. And she was like, the Archangel Michael basically like has the sword and he's able to like cut the cord between you and a, another person. This like string that you have between you. And I came to my house after that conversation that I had with him and I sobbed my eyes out and I've never felt that pain. Like I felt pain when it first happened. And I felt pain since, but that pain was like such an intense, deep wound, and it felt like I was being cut open. And later on, I remembered what she said about the Archangel Michael cutting the cord, and I was like, "Oh my god! Like, was that it? Like, cutting the ties between us?" And it's like, it's done. It's finally fucking done. So that was dramatic. And then on my birthday, which was a month later, he reached out, and we had a semi-normal conversation. And then at the very end, I was like fuck you just make me so sad like it was just so awful i remember the birthday reach out 
the birthday ritual was awful and we had a whole conversation of like I want you in my life but like how can you be in my life and like I ended up admitting that I'd like fucked other people and like he said that the that he tried to like the only one time that he tried to fuck somebody else like he couldn't even hold an erection it was like really dramatic and he was trying to give that to me as like ammo which is like really fucked up it just felt like we were like shooting bullets at each other it was just awful and I and it's like how can you want someone in your life when you can't even like I can't imagine myself ever being happy for him oh no like I'm just sad and I'm pissed and anytime I think about that or I think about him being with someone else or like living his best life I'm still just like mad mad and heartbroken because it's like I wanted us to live a life yeah together but at the same time like logically I know that it's all for the best and like this is gonna be great and like I have so much to do and I am doing I'm having so much fun and I'm doing great things yeah so like how do you bring that disappointment <sighs> and sadness like what do you like how are you navigating that with also like exploring these new experiences and people I think I'm just better at compartmentalizing than me you <laughs> and a lot of people I think I'm able to like live in that for a second and then I get distracted like then I do something else yeah and then I remember it, and I'm like, "Fuck!" And I don't know how to. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to get over that. Because mm-hmm. I've moved through some other things, mm-hmm. but I really don't know how to get over that. I mean, this is your first big heartbreak. Yeah, of so your I'm whole still, life. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So it's. I'm living in those two worlds. I'm living in this continuous, like under underground, like terrible heartbreak central, mm-hmm. and then. On the other side, I'm on the very happy and I'm yeah. very free and I'm having a lot of fun and I'm doing a lot of different things and it's great. They're coexisting. They're definitely coexisting. And I think that that's just like the duality of life. Like, that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, and it's even like when you're not going through a relationship thing, I feel like even when we're sad about other things or upset about other things, it's like, well, we still have to fucking function and you can be sad about a situation or hurt by something and still be like, well, I want to go out and have fun. Right. And you can, and it's also like the perfect distraction. It feels so good to be able to do that. As our great Casey Musgrave says, happy and sad at the same time. You've got me smiling with tears in my eyes. It is the gospel. The gospel truth. <sighs> Casey, what are you feeling? Um, well, I feel like I'm, it's funny because I talked to my boss today about sort of where I'm at and I described it to her and I think the perfect sense, which is it's like I'm using two-in-one shampoo conditioner. Like, <laughs> are you currently using two-in-one shampoo? No, now? I would oh. never use two-in-one. Okay. But like in my life, it's like I'm, it's like I'm trying to like move on and have fun and I'm also trying to heal. But those things are counterintuitive and they counteract each other. Yeah. So it's like I'm trying to like live this new life and also heal this big wound. And it's like I'm using two-in-one conditioner. I'm trying to do both at the same time. And it's like impossible. Two-in-one shampoo conditioner does not fucking work. Yeah. Like, of course you would compare this to two-in-one fucking. Of course I would. It doesn't fucking work because the thing that cleanses you is not the same thing that like conditions you. And so it's like literally I have felt... I know this is a horrible analogy. No, actually, I'm going to, like, quote that. I think that's so beautiful. Really? The thing that cleanses you is not the thing that conditions you. That's huge. Hashtag deep. Hashtag deep. I'm We're, like, so three glasses of champagne in. It's like my Scorpio rising that's coming through right no, now. No, but I really, I think that's so important, and maybe that's why I'm still in this space, because I think I... Like, have you healed? I'm just like, no, I haven't. No. 
Have you, and like, that's what I'm worried about is that, like, I am, I'm, like, I'm horny. And like, I, <laughs> like, I but need I do, the but distraction. I, I think you need it. Yeah, I need so, it. So, but that's why healing is not linear. It's, like, you don't just, like, do all this stuff and, then like, you feel better. Like, no. You're, this is going to be a long fucking journey. And We're going to be and sad fun, for so long. The fun part of it, though, is a part of that journey. And so, you have phases of being, like, extremely sad and, like, doing all the things that you do when you're fucking sad. And then you have phases of like distracting yourself and like having fun and doing the things you need to like yeah. bring your soul back to a place where you don't want to fucking die all the time. And then once you're like, this doesn't make me feel very good, you go back to yeah. that sad place and yeah. you work on sit- shit some more yeah. and you feel better. And then you're like, cool, like maybe I can fuck somebody. And then you go out again and it's just like this endless cycle until you fall in love again. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> God, like, I'm, that's, and that's the other thing is, like, I just feel, like, I, I am exactly going through that. Like, I think you nailed it perfectly. Like, I go through these moments where I'm, like, having a great time, and I'm, like, oh, like, like, I, I, like, the other day I was just, like, fuck, I'm a catch. Yeah. fuck, I'm a catch. Like, I just had this moment of just, like, oh, my God, like, not only because of who I am, just, like, innately, but, like, I've also, in the last, you know, decade put so much work into myself like mm-hmm. i've had so much good therapy and like i'm about to have botox next week you know what i mean like yes, inside bitch. and outside we're working, we're working on all both. of it yeah and like i'm just like god damn like i'm the best and whoever ends up with me is gonna be so fucking lucky to have me and then i feel that really intensely and then like i'll text you and like tell you that i'm crying because i listened to a song and like <laughs> and then realize that like life was worth living and like as stupid yep. as it is and then there's other times when i'm like up at 11 at night and I see my ex on tinder and she happened to choose a photo that I took of her with our dog child together and it like completely shatters my like entire existence and like makes me spiral into like the deepest biggest worst panic attack that I've had in like months and like I just like have to take a Xanax to like go to sleep and like hopefully not like shoot myself in the brains like between then and the next morning but like it's all a fucking journey we're all having such a great time on this roller coaster of life. And I am very much looking forward to the day when I'm not sad, like 90% of the day. Yeah. But I think you're there. Oh, yeah. You're not sad 90% of the day anymore. No, I was sad so much. <laughs> I was so sad and I was also so mad. So You much. were mad. I was so mad for so long. Um... It'll get there. That's the hardest part is that like I can hardly remember. And that's why I told you I was texting sitting last night during this panic attack. And I said, you will look back and you will wish that you could remember how you, how strongly you felt about this human being because one day you're going to look back and you won't be able to feel a thing. And I cannot remember. I remember the pain, Mm -hmm. the sadness because it was more recent. Yeah. The second time. But, um, I was so mad that there was so much power there and there was so much adrenaline and there was so much energy that I wish that I could have like harnessed into like something that I could keep with me all the time. Wow. It was amazing. I, I feel like, I mean, obviously our situations are different, but I'm really curious to see where I'm at when I'm, where you're at now, you know? Cause right now it's still really fresh and terrible. And then you've also kept contacting, you've kept going yeah and you've had to coordinate things like i've cut contact twice now yeah i mean like it's i have to see her a fair amount yeah 
and it's hard to be be not with the person that you're still fully in love with when that person is not in love with you or that's what they say or whatever i think she's lying about that i don't know i have theories about that she's a gemini dude yeah we can't trust them we can't trust them this two-faced motherfuckers she's saying that to like protect you or protect herself I just have to... Are we going to talk about the therapy session? Let's Should we talk, talk about it? We can split this up into however shit we God, want. yeah. So you told me this, and I was very appalled that this was happening. You went to a couples therapist? We went. Like, how did this even happen? Okay, so um, my ex and I, a part of a big issue that we have been having is that since the breakup, we have not had like... I mean, even during the breakup, we really didn't have an open and honest conversation. And I felt at any time in the month since that we've been broken up, when I've tried to, like, go deeper with her or, like, try to get a sense of, like, where she's at, like, she kind of clams up on me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she is doing the thing that she's the best at, which is compartmentalizing yeah. and emotionally shutting down when things get intense. And I just felt like... You know, I deserve, and we deserve, after having been together for so long, to, like, have a real and honest conversation, but I'm worried that her emotions are going to stop her from doing that. And so I suggested to her one time, I was like, hey, like, do you think that, like, can you ask your therapist if she would like to mitigate a conversation between the two of us, or if she can recommend somebody who would like to just facilitate a conversation between us? Okay. And she was like, yeah, I'll ask my therapist. And so the therapist was like, sure, I'll do it. And so we we decided, we had ta- we had planned this a month ago. And we were, like, just trying to figure out what the right date would be. And, and also, it was just really soon, too. So we yeah. were like, well, let's wait till June. Okay. So then June rolls around. We got it on the calendar. And I went today. And we didn't really talk about it other than me saying, like, I just want to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what it was, okay. to be fair. Um... I think that it, you know, I wanted it. I knew it would be the hardest thing in the whole world. It's hard to under, it's hard to explain that, like, I wanted this to happen, yet I knew that it would be fucking, like, fucking terrible. Well, you needed it. I needed it. And it was fucking terrible. Yeah. And it was, like, a full hour of just, like, mutually crying at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, which but just I, kind of happened every time you've seen each other. Which pretty much happens every time we see each other. Yeah. Is that we just cry at each other. And I didn't understand. I, I think I came away um, from that session with a bigger understanding of what happened and what she was going through and, like, what is happening now. And um, it was, I mean, it was the hardest. It was genuinely the hardest thing I've ever done. Like, today I did the hardest thing that I have ever done in my life so far. Get your drink. That's amazing. And it's behind you. Yeah. Until the next terrible hard thing. <laughs> I mean... We have so much to look forward to. It... It was... It, ugh, ugh. I... I let her do a lot of talking. Um, I wanted to see what she would say. And her therapist was really great about pushing her on stuff. That's really good. Yeah. Um... And it was really helpful to me. And I think, like, my takeaways from it were, like, I got my answer of, like, why. And, like, yeah. what the fuck. And my why and what the fuck was 
turns out at some point, and I'm guessing it was probably about the point that she started therapy, mm-hmm. she realized that she didn't, that whatever we had, she didn't want it anymore, and that our future together that we thought we both wanted, she did not want anymore, and she couldn't talk to me about it because she knew it hurt me and didn't want to tell me. And so when she was telling me all those, I don't know, I don't know, I don't knows, that was really like, I know, and it said, I don't want to be with you. And so when I thought like, oh, that she wanted to sleep with other people and that we could maybe like explore polyamory together, like what I got from her today was that she was like, yeah, I didn't want to do that with you. Like I wanted to be single and I didn't want to like be with you and have all of this and then also sleep with other people. I just wanted to be alone. But like, what was her reasoning to want to be alone? Like, that's what I want to understand. Weirdly, that was enough for me. Like, I was just like, okay. Like, I mean, it's pretty shocking to me that someone would change their mind in a really quick way. And, like, especially after that much time and especially someone that I thought that I knew. um, I mean, the hardest thing that I've ever had to hear was the person that I love the most in the entire world looking at me and saying, I chose... Like, I decided that I didn't want to be with you and that I didn't want our life together anymore. Like, that was soul-crushing. That was that was soul-crushing. I just don't understand that. I guess people change their minds. I don't fucking know. But, like, it's never that fucking simple. It's never that simple. I think, I think it is. I think it was for her. I think she was like, nope. You know? And it just, it's it's funny to me, it's funny to me that I'm like, all this so that you can have sex with someone else? Okay. That doesn't, that's why I think I just don't understand. Because like, that is a dumb ass thing to do. I mean, that's also completely reflective of your situation. Like, you're going to ruin this so that you can maybe stick your dick in someone else? Like, that was your experience. His, what he told me that after I found it the second time was that he... It's not that he didn't love me. It's not that our, like he didn't want to have a future with me. It's just that, like, I think he was... He's always seen things more, like, ahead of myself. And I wanted him to change... I wanted him to change for me. Mm-hmm. I was like... You want to be a stay-at-home dad. You want to, like, garden all the time. Just come live with me, and, like, I'll make all the money, and, like, I'll do all this, and you can be with me, and, like, it'll be great. But, like, you can't live where you want to live. Like, if you're going to be with me, like, I have to do this, and then you can do what you want to do, but, like, you just have to do it with me. And what he wanted for his life and what I wanted for my life looked different. And I knew that, but I didn't want to accept it, and I think he knew that, and it was, like, tearing him apart. So it's like, how do you stop loving someone that you love when you know that you're going in different directions? Mm-hmm. And for him, I don't understand the betrayal part of it. Like, how does that manifest into you? Like, yeah. sleeping with other people? Well, he didn't sleep with right, but you know, whatever. Like, that's the part that I don't understand. But I get the... Yeah. We're going in yeah. two different places. I just, like, I told her I thought, you know, I told her, I said, I never thought that I'd be here with you doing this, 
I, even when things were getting rough with us at the end, like, I thought without question that we would figure it out. Yeah. I felt in the dark about a lot of this stuff. Like, one of the things well, that she... Well, she didn't communicate it to you. Right. And you were nothing but honest and open. Yeah. One of the things she said that I thought was interesting was she said, like, um, one of the things that she's dealing with in therapy right now is, like, the fact that she has taken on a lot of her mom's, like, the way that her mom loves, she loves. And for her, like, her mom is, like, a very much, like, a caretaker type. Mm -hmm. And what she said was one of the most, like, one of the biggest realizations for her in all this was... When she said to me, like, I think that we got very much into, like, a caretaking pattern, which, like, I was taking care of you. And my response to her was, yeah, you did that for me. And I loved that. But I never needed that from you. Right. And she, she said that that really sat with her. And that she realized that she had, like, painted me in this corner and, like, put me in this role that I didn't even, that wasn't even real. Yeah. And that it was, like, her putting her, like, her own mother's shit of like caretaking her putting that on me and forcing me into a situation or playing a role that I wasn't even really playing whoa mm-hmm. and that bothered terrifying. her and that bothered her in a way that she felt like she was taking care of me right when she never needed to and I and I, I mean when she told me that originally I was like I have been through so much in my life, and I survived 21 years on this earth without you. Right. I didn't just suddenly need you to exist at age 21. I've always been fine. Yeah. You just saw that something in me that you felt like you needed to take care of, and you let yourself do that. Constantly. Constantly. But I took care of her, too. Right. I think that's what you just do in a relationship. You but do. I guess that's wrong. I don't know. No, it's not wrong. It's just that she had a triggering... That's, like, triggering to her. The other thing is, like, you know, listening to her look me in the eye and tell me... I just got to a point where I realized I didn't want to be with you and I didn't want the life that we were making together. Like, I can't even tell you how painful that was. But I, when she said it, I just broke down... I was hysterically sobbing, and I, like, had to, like, cover my face. I was crying so hard. And I said, thank you so much for saying that. Because I've needed to hear that mm-hmm. for two months. Mm-hmm. I've needed I've needed to hear clearly from you that you don't want me. And that you don't want this with me. Because I have been... I, I didn't believe that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't ever hear it out of your mouth. Even when we broke up, I never heard those words from you. And so, like you saying that right now is giving me like something to latch on to yeah just like something to latch on to and like it almost like permission to like let the fuck go yeah like oh you didn't want this and I feel of course incredibly rejected and terrible and like what did I do wrong and then I realized like I didn't do anything wrong you did nothing wrong I did nothing and I have you know we were talking the therapist said something about like how did I feel or whatever like she was asking us both how we felt in the wake of all this and the therapist asked how I felt with my ex being in therapy and like me being there for her or like you know whatever the fuck and like I remember like you know my ex said something along the lines of like I feel so guilty and like embarrassed and like I feel so sad like I hurt you and the therapist was like well how do you feel and I was like I feel so proud and she was kind of like 
I could oh see that God. she kind of like didn't know. And I was like, I feel so proud of what I brought to this relationship and the fact that like even when things were terrible for my ex and I didn't and I knew something was wrong I didn't know how to fix it like I did everything I could to fix it and then when I couldn't I like called you because I'm the one that got her into that therapist like I'm the one who made the appointment you did dude yeah yeah and like I'm proud of that like you should be proud of that you're an incredible partner you're an incredible friend an incredible person an incredible partner and that bitch is a fucking insane human being like I knew something was off and I knew that I couldn't fix it and I didn't know what it was and I knew that she didn't want to talk to me about it but like Mm -hmm. I wanted her to get help whatever that was and I knew I couldn't do it and like I told her I was like I feel so proud and I feel proud of every moment of our relationship because I I'm very proud and happy and I stand by the things that I did in that relationship yeah but that is not soothing to me at all (laughs) Because I want, I want to, my human brain wants to find the thing that I did wrong. Right. Figure it out and fix it so this never happens to me again. Mm-hmm. And so the fucked up thing is that I'm like, I did everything right. And you can't control it. And you can't control it. Like, you can't, you can do everything right. You can have, like, the best communication. You can, like, get each other. You can vibe with each other. And one day someone can fucking change their mind. Someone can change their mind about you. And that, like... What hurts me the most about that is that I'm like, how can I ever trust anybody again? Like, literally, how can I ever trust anybody again? I know exactly how you feel. Like, knowing that someone can just, I can do everything right and someone can change their fucking mind about me. How can I ever let myself be that way with someone again? I don't know if I can. And I know this is really new and I'm just saying it now, but like, I might feel very differently in a year from now or two years from now or... 10 years from now but like god fucking damn it I know can I read something from an ask Polly article mm-hmm. on the cut.com yes it is an article entitled I can't do casual and she's talking to a woman that cannot be in casual relationships basically um But this one last paragraph is really beautiful, and I think you'd enjoy it. Never, ever stop believing that you will fall in love again. I don't care if you're 99 years old. Believe. Because believing in love is a good way to live as the clock ticks down. It's a good way to taste the air and feel the press of the sky. To fill up space on this glorious doomsday. This is how it feels to be electric, buzzing, enchanted, alert, delirious, a true believer. This is joy. Alone or with company, now or later, it's the only way. Oh. I hate that. I know. Oh, it's I'm going to cry now. It's the worst, but it's the best because it's true. No. <laughs> it's not. I think I'm just like fucked up forever now. I think I thought that I was fucked up forever after my, like, high school boyfriend broke up with me, though, too. You did. I did. And you're going to think that you're fucked up forever when the next person breaks your heart. Or the person whose heart you break is going to think they're fucked up forever. (sighs) I'm always the one that gets left. I'm never the one who breaks up with anybody. 
and and that makes me feel weird like what the fuck am I missing and like am I putting up with stuff or like am I not seeing a red flag or like what the fuck is inherently wrong with me that I just keep being not good enough for everyone it's not that you're not good enough what did we talk about is that nobody is enough I just think I'm I just think that like I need to be and this is like the I like hate hearing myself say this like what I'm about to say like I hate hearing it come out of my mouth but I know it's true and it's like the shit that like people tell single people all the time but like it's actually real which is like you have to fall so in love with yourself and what did I tell you last night I don't fucking remember I'm gonna read it please read it I I love myself you don't I (laughs) not the way you need to oh I went to the gym like three times in a row so I feel like that counts for something you I was, said, having a mel- I was having a meltdown last night. I said you deserve a spectacular love, someone who scares you and doesn't give you any doubt at all or makes you earn or ask or question the amount of their love. And you said, I don't even know what I'd do with a love like that. And I said, you'll know what to do with a love like that when you start to love yourself like that. I'll cry right now. <laughs> because you have to love yourself. And I'm working on that too. It's not like I'm like over here just like in a love fest with myself. Like... It's hard for everybody. Ugh. It's really hard. It's really difficult to look at yourself in the mirror or to just like sit with your own human self with no sound at all and just be quiet with your own being and not like be full of self-hatred. I think I'm trying to... I think that like my goal is right now like twofold. And it's like one is to realize that I'm great the way I am mm-hmm. and that I'm worthy and perfect and awesome the way that I am. And the other part is to, like, love myself enough to, like, become the absolute best version of myself. That is the line that I think many women tout, and it's very difficult yeah. to trot. Is that the correct term? I think that you use both of those terms completely incorrectly, <laughs> and I think that everybody knew what you meant. Well, it's like, because we, we, we are so ambitious, and we have taste, and we know what we want. Yes. And so you know exactly what you want to be, and and that's not who you are right now. And so if you're not who you want to be and you are who you are right Mm -hmm. now, you hate who you are right now because you want to be where you want to be. Right. So how do you completely love and accept who you are while also having the drive and ambition and motivation to then get to the point of where you want to be? And that is the difficulty. That's the whole purpose of us being here on this earth. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's the figure... That's the point where you figure it out. And, like, I... I, so, you're an Ashley, but we have another friend named Ashley. Ugh, Ashley. With two E's. I'm an EY. Ashley, two E's. Um, you know, she's got a degree in psychology. We were hanging out recently. I, maybe I told you, I told you about this realization, but I don't think we talked about it on here, so I'll mention it. But, like, we were in Baton Rouge. We were at Radio Bar. I was, it was, like, the first time that she and I had talked since like the breakup Mm -hmm. and like talked about it and you know I this is like one of my closest friends and for some reason she was a person that I had a really hard time talking about it with and I don't know why um like there's just some people that like I guess I was embarrassed or I didn't know what to say and I didn't want to talk to them about it so we were talking and um I was telling her that like you know it's been hard for me to like enjoy music or Mm -hmm. like anything really like food or 
fucking anything because I'm so fucking sad. And I was like, and I haven't been able to journal. And like, I had been journaling like very consistently since early January. That was like my New Year's resolution. And I was like, I can't write. Like, I cannot write. I'm in this like writer's block. Like, I can't write anything for myself. I can't even like put my pen to my journal. Like, I just like choke. And she, being uh, a trained professional, was like, <laughs> why, like, what do you think that's about? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, what would you write? Like, she's like, like but all this hot in your head, like, what would you write? What would you, and I was like, well, I'm scared of what will come out if I write. And she's like, okay, but like, what would you say right now if you were just going to like write something down? And out of my mouth came this, like, exactly like this. I said, I wasn't enough for the one person that I was supposed to be enough for. And she just, like, jaw hit the floor. And my jaw hit the floor. And we just, like, looked at each other. And I was like, fuck. And she was like, I wonder where that comes from. Because she knows me enough to know that, like, all my issues stem from what her issues stem from. Which are, like, our fucking fucked up mom issues. And, like, if you asked me what my mom issue was, I would say the exact same thing. I would say I wasn't enough for the one person that I was supposed to be enough for. I wasn't enough to make her love me. And it made it like ricocheted through my whole body. I was like, oh my God, that is where this whole thing is coming from. That is where every everything that I ever deal with is always going to come from that place of like insecure attachment mm-hmm. with this person who is supposed to like... Adore you from the start. Right, like adore me from the start. And like I never felt enough or good enough or that I could get enough attention. And oh my god, of course, of course, the, like, hang-up in this breakup is, like, I was not enough for her either. I was not enough for my ex either. Whatever enough is, I just wasn't it. I wasn't what I was supposed to be, whatever that is. I didn't get the memo. I didn't know how to be whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And it's not logical and it's not rational. But it's valid, it's, it's just, like, it's important for me to, like, recognize that you and have see to that re- no, and know that's, that that's the lens that I view every single thing so out It's so important. And, but I also think, like, coming from a rational place, looking at it now, it's, like, it's not that you aren't enough. You are everything. And they could not even show up. Oh, my God. Like, it's on them. I will cry right now. I love you, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh. But that happens all the time. Yeah. It happens all the time. People that are brave and are are wholehearted, they go out there and they're in the arena and they love so much and they are so much. And everyone recognizes that in their life, that these people are so much in every way. They're everything. And those that cannot fucking compete, those that cannot sh- even show up, they're not enough. Of course they fall to the wayside. How could they even be in that light? How could they step into that light when they they can't they can't step into that light at all? They don't even know the light within themselves. And they couldn't be enough. It's not about you. It's about that person. And oh it's their God. problem. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my whole life. I'm I'm touching your face. I'm fully weeping openly. This is an open cry now. God. I hope that's true. It is true. 
Ugh. It has to be true. I'm just like, I just, I guess I just feel like I've always been the too much for everybody's not enough. <laughs> yeah, bitch. But what do, are we ever gonna, is there ever gonna be anybody that will be enough and that will be enough and like we'll both just be a lot together? We're gonna be a lot together either way. Like you and me are gonna be a lot together. Yeah, but there's so many fucking people in this world. It's like, Ugh, I hate all of them. Yeah, they're the worst, but there's a lot of them. Guess we gotta get after it. Yeah. There's gotta be at least one. Right? <laughs> Let's just grit our teeth and bear it. Oh man. We're gonna be okay. Mm. Okay. <laughs>